0: Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Business Talk Library, and today I am talking with Daphne Valsin, and I am very, very interested to see her take and the wisdom that she has to share from her experience and her business. Welcome to the show, Daphne.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now, Daphne, you and I met via LinkedIn, which I think is a great tool and resource, so And right now, I guess during the quarantine, you can't get out and about and meeting people. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background and then we'll talk about your business.
1: Sure. So um, my background, basically a mix of education and public relations. So um, I have an undergraduate degree in public relations and um, I worked with youth while I was getting my degree from my sophomore year in college to my senior year, working my way up to an assistant director of program for at-risk youth. So after that, between then and me starting my business, I have worked as a public affairs manager, I've worked for public relations agencies, I've worked with nonprofits, I've been a teacher. Um, so I've done a number of things, but basically a mix between education and public relations. So. I like to say that I'm passionate about helping people tap into um, their potential or the potential of their ideas.
0: <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, I think, was there anything that really sparked your interest to go after a publications or I guess you say public relations career?
1: Sure. So. Um let me see. Um, my neighborhood, right? So I'm from um, a city called North Miami Beach, Florida, which I like to just say Miami. <laughs> In North Miami Beach, there, growing up, there were a lot of different stores that were on this main street called 163rd Street. But on that same street, I would notice that a number of the stores were empty. So I saw that some stores were always empty, and then there were stores like Foot Locker, for example, that to this day usually has action. If a home mall is shut down somewhere, the Foot Locker is still thriving. It might be the only <laughs> store left. So I was wondering, what was the difference between those businesses that were empty and the other businesses that seem to be thriving? Because they both might be selling the same thing. They're both selling shoes, for example. They're both selling clothes, but you have one clothing store that's thriving and another that is not. So Public relations is the study of how you get people from interest to action. So for me, that was really, really important for me to explore um, as opposed to being a business major. I wanted to do public relations to kind of close that gap.
0: Okay. So do you find <laughs> that um, public relations has a lot of cross with marketing or I guess, do you see them as two distinct things?
1: Definitely see the cross um, between them. So in, at University of Florida, where I did my undergraduate education, public relations was housed in the College of Journalism. So you had to be really good at writing, basically, in order to, to do it. So with marketing, marketing is interesting in that, um, and I'm, so I'm really good with Facebook. A lot of my first, like the first tens of thousands of dollars that I made in my business as an entrepreneur came almost solely from my Facebook Engagement, wow. right? So on Facebook, so on Facebook, you could put out marketing, but again, just like the empty stores, it doesn't resonate with anyone. So the writing that you do that allows people to be engaged in whatever it is that your picture is, or even like if you're trying to inbox people, the writing is might is what might capture people's attention to have them then take an action that you want them to take. So I feel like. Public relations definitely um, has a big uh, connection to marketing. And I think the other thing is, as business people, we should all be trying to establish a brand. Even if you're not on social media at all, because some people are really successful, not on social media, not doing online marketing. It's important to help people to perceive you as someone they want to do business with. And that's what public relations is also about. How do you establish a brand for yourself? Again, that gets people to take action, not just be interested in what it, whatever it is that you're doing.
0: Mm -hmm. And I think that's a very interesting, um, I guess, say, aspect of business that, unfortunately, I think a lot of people don't really learn about it. I mean, my my background is accounting and corporate finance. And when I started, you know, I guess you say promoting or trying to attract customers for my consulting business. That was the marketing and even getting into like copywriting. That was something that I was just like, I have never been taught this nor been exposed to this too much. Um, so it's definitely a, I can see how that makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, it sure, it sure does. I was actually doing professional development around copywriting this morning <laughs> <laughs> because the, the better you can get at it, it's just, so for example if you if you invest in $50 in facebook ads and your copywriting is on point you might be able to make 10, 000, tens of thousands of dollars right from that initial ad depending on whatever it is that you offer but without it it's just it just makes things a little bit harder so um and i was watching a video i think last year that said that a lot of millionaires have in common um, that they're really good at writing, right? Even if you're, again, not online, doing online marketing, but you're sending an email, um, what, or writing a proposal, um, it's, it can be really, really helpful. So I'm glad that you worked on that. I think that's really awesome. And I think people in finance and accounting are fabulous because <laughs> you're just intellectual and, and so smart. So congrats on all that you're doing when it comes to accounting and finance.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I, I like what you said about, you know, you're taking a, a course on that this morning because what I'm learning is that I mean, it is an ongoing skill of the, the writing because even when I was going through undergrad and grad school, um, I lean more to like the math and the more math or number related um, courses. And I really didn't have as much appreciation for the English or for the writing But I think it was when I I took a job for a Fortune 500 company and part of my job was to study the financial analysis of Wall Street analysts and then Mm -hmm. actually write out what the CEO and the CFO were going to say on their next call. And what I realized then is like, wow, I really need to work on my writing skills. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it comes up in jobs and opportunities that you might not even you would never imagine. Um, and I would say, so, so right now, I'm doing career and business coaching. I'm a speaker, I'm a trainer. Um, but one of the things that my clients find to be valuable about what I do is help with the, with the writing. So last night, um, someone was like, hey, could you just check out my, face, my new Facebook group and make sure that you know the writing, the presentation, it's clear about what it is that they're trying to do. And someone else was asking me about their logo, and like what uh, what kind of messaging it should incorporate, like what kind of logo they should do. So it still comes up as something that clients find valuable, even to the point where some clients are like, can we skip our session and then you just review my website today? <laughs> yeah, sure. So, <laughs> so, um, so I do coaching and consulting and the, the writing piece comes up still in what I'm doing, even though I'm not labeled a writer or a copywriter, even in resumes, um, a writing piece. Comes up is like how do you promote yourself? So yes, yeah, so I'm really glad you're doing that um, ongoing professional development. And it's interesting that it would come up even in your job um, yeah. in finance. That's interesting.
0: Oh. Yes, it, it definitely did because one of the things that I, I realized as I moved up, like when I was working for you know another corporation, as I moved up, one of the things that stood out to me is like I had to be able to actually, I guess you say, deliver a compelling message to you know, to get either an executive or to get a customer to give me, you know, $5 million for whatever it is, I was, whatever mm-hmm. idea I was trying to advocate for. And sometimes, you know, I would either have to send an email to like, how do I get their attention first? Because they have, they have 20 other things that they're focused on. So how do I get yeah. their attention and then sell the business case on why they should do this?
1: yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense it's interesting um that you say that here's an interesting fact so for grad school i um i had my master's in secondary education i could have gotten a master's that was focused on math or science and probably went to school free but i didn't instead (laughs) i focused on english and my sat scores were like half math like half math half english 650 in math 650 in english 1300 right out of 1600 so that's great. So I could have done either way, but I went English because I felt like I wanted to work with at-risk youth and I felt like if they could learn how to write well and speak well, it can open up so many doors. Like math is, is important, right? But if you can go into a bank to ask for a loan for your idea um, and be able to speak very well, or if you could go, you know, back in the days, I felt like you were, you were probably part of this generation where when we were really young, To apply for a job, you would just go to the business, and you would dress up well, and then you would say, hey, I was wondering if you're hiring right now. Mm -hmm. But if you you went in and you could speak well, they might be like, yeah, sure. When can you start? Like, it was was awesome back in those days. (laughs) But now you still have to do that presentation, whether you're interviewing for a job or if you're an entrepreneur and someone, you know, thankfully gives you a meeting to talk to them about whatever it is that you do. If you could speak well and write well, and I think you're a great speaker, Um, but if you could speak well and write well, it can open up doors. So I ended up paying, like, having $40,000 in loans to pay back because of my passion for (laughs) communication. (laughs) Yeah, interesting fact. Interesting
0: fact. Now, when you talk about, um, like I said, Uh looking at people's social media pages, are there some common things that that you've noticed, like, when you look at pages, you're like, all right, this can use a little bit of work, or hey, this is a common mistake, or I guess you say a common negative that you see when you're looking at different pages.
1: Yeah, so this is something that I hear over and over again. I spent like tens of thousands of dollars at this point, probably in I have, in professional development, working under coaches um, and consultants. And this one thing that they talk about in every program I've been in is what could be the downfall of a number of pages, and that's not being clear about what problem you're solving and the solution you have for it. Not the problem that you feel people should be worried about, Mm -hmm. um, but the problem that people actually really, really um, want solved. For example, let's say you sell hair products, and you're saying, my hair product is great because it's going to make your hair shiny, but your same hair product makes people's hair grow faster. If people <laughs> want their hair to grow faster, then that's what you need to be talking about. Or that's what you need to lead with. And you can talk about the shine later.
0: <laughs> so right. I feel
1: like with a lot of people, I, I, and I heard this my first year in business, someone was saying the, the biggest mistake that they make, their clients make, is that their clients put forth um, what it is they want people to about as opposed to the thing that actually is an urgent need for the so I think that's probably the biggest thing that I might see if if the page doesn't have as much engagement um, whether it's a business page or a social media profile it may be because people are not very clear on what this person does or why they do it so well so that's that's the thing I think is probably the biggest thing that's missing from certain pages
0: Okay, awesome. So let's talk a little bit about you know the services that you offer, and like I said, I, I want you definitely feel free to um, share with us like the-, the how people can get in touch with you as well, because I, I think like I said, I-, I love the the mindset that you have towards what you do, um, and just you know from looking at some of the stuff that I saw on your LinkedIn page. Um, You definitely are good at what you do. So I definitely want people to hear about, you know, your services and how they can work with you.
1: Sure. So I am a speaker, trainer, and coach. Um, I like to say that I help mission-driven leaders build a firm foundation. The reason why I say mission-driven leaders is because the clients that tend to work with me want to change the world somehow. It doesn't matter if they are in finance or they're a doula um, or they're in healthcare they, are, they have a heart for others, which I love. So um, what I do for those individuals when it comes to the coaching piece is career or business coaching. The career coaching is usually around either, I call this the, let's say the three Ps, purpose, pursuit, or preparation. So it's figuring out what kind of career move these people want to make next based on what we identify as their purpose, their mission, their values, um, what it is they're truly passionate about. The pursuit piece is because over 60% of jobs, according to a lot of statistics, are actually um, attained via networking or not because you apply to a posted position. So, I teach my clients how to be able to competitively apply for jobs in non traditional ways. Um, and then, lastly, the last P is preparation. So, when it comes to interview prep, resume preparation, and even informational interview preparation, in teaching those kinds of things, I help clients to be able to develop the materials they use to apply. And a lot of clients have, have been asking, actually, for LinkedIn, um, for me to work with them on um, their LinkedIn as well. So this year, a number of my clients have gotten over $20,000 salary increases in new positions that they've gotten through their work with me. One of them attained a 30% salary increase that was equivalent to $40,000 um, in the midst of the pandemic. So Oh, wow. I love helping people to get jobs. That's the career piece. <laughs> and then um, the business coaching piece is I help people either turn their vision to an actual business or um, have their business go from being, you know, whatever, however it is it's running now, to more profitable business. So my clients have gone from making $300 a month to 3000 a month or $400 a month to $6,000 a month. Or um, one of the biggest uh, jumps that one of my clients has made, the two biggest are going from $3,000 a month to an average of 20000 within three months of working with me, hit the $52,000 mark by wow. um, month nine. And another client, we went from zero revenue, dollars in revenue to now over five figures, so over thousand dollars per month that she's making now in her business too. So that's what I do as well. And I actually recently started doing some executive coaching, which I kind of match the kind of career coaching. So for established executives or people who are manager, manager positions, management positions, um, helping them to basically strategize around their next steps. So that's the coaching piece. And when it comes to speaking or training, it's usually around employee engagement, staff engagement, whether that's helping people to clarify their vision, helping to create positive um, company cultures, either from the individual perspective, what can you contribute to having a really amazing um, job experience or what can you contribute, what can the team contribute together to being able to have an amazing um, kind of work culture. So that's those are usually the things that I do, but because of my background in education, occasionally I'm doing something with teens too, <laughs> whether it's speaking or coaching or training, those kinds of things come up just naturally based on my background. And then when it comes to how people can Get in touch with me. Um, my name is Daphne Balsin. Um, you can email me at Daphne at and that's D-A-P-H-N-E, my first name. Last name Sin, V-A-L-C-I-N as in Nancy. Um, and then you can also go to my Facebook page, Daphne Balsin Coaching. Um, I also have a free group for women who want to advance in their careers. Um, and that's the Women Making Waves Collective. So if you research that on Facebook, the Women Making Waves Collective, I love that group. But again, another fun fact, during the pandemic, for some reason, I've had an influx of a lot of men who have been reaching out to coach with me. Um, yeah, married, single, all kinds. But um, for career coaching, and business coaching, I'm not really sure what's going on there. But um, I do coach um, and train both men and women. Um, but I definitely have that passion for um, helping women as well um, because of their unique challenges that they have.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, I will definitely, definitely um, post the, the links or the, um, the, the tags to all of your pages because like I said, I, I think there's definitely some great insight for people to get there. Because um, one of the things that I found in connecting with so many entrepreneurs during this support small business series that I'm doing is that there is a lot of wisdom and resources shared when you go to like LinkedIn or you go to the different group pages that people have on Facebook, where there's a lot of wisdom and insights shared there. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, there are, there are you, there's so many groups now. I actually had my first Facebook group. It could have been in 2006, right? So I've been doing it for like 14 years. I don't know. But anyway, so, um, there's a lot of them now, but if you sift through and find, try to find what you're looking for, most likely it's out there. Um, and I, someone just sent me a group today where women share other women's um, periscopes. Periscope, I don't know if you know what that is, but <laughs> it's like Facebook Live, but yes. you know, it, yeah, it was popular back in the day. So they share <laughs> each other's periscopes and there's thousands of women in the group. So anytime someone has a periscope, all the women come together and support that woman. I think that's so fabulous. So there's most likely a group um, for you if there's something that you're looking for online. Good point.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Now, before we wrap up, one question that I like to ask all everyone that comes onto the show is what is one of the two pieces of wisdom that you have picked up in the process of starting and running your business that you would like to share?
1: Great question. So one piece of wisdom is, and this is just, my opinion, before starting your business, if you are working for someone else, to make sure that you reach a specific revenue goal for your business before you transition from your full-time job to full-time entrepreneurship. And that is for two, two big reasons that I'm going to point There's all kinds of reasons, but let's say two reasons. One is because entrepreneurship is about testing, evaluating, and then figuring out how to shift. And what I mean by that is, you may think your business is gonna be wildly successful, and what you put out there at first may not actually be very um, successful. But if you just make a shift, you might see that everything changes. You want to test that before you transition fully to entrepreneurship, in my opinion. The second reason is because I believe, and this is kind of tip number two, you should develop your client base Um, before you transition to full-time entrepreneurship. So what that means is, um, here's advice that I gave one of my mentees. He is in college now. He would like to start a consulting practice. And I said, while you were in college, you go to every meeting on campus where your ideal client is, you make a name for yourself, you speak there, you contribute there, you create connections there, and you start to accumulate your first clients there So that way, when you leave school, you leave with clients. So for whatever it is that you do, it would be great to form collaborations um, or have meetings with people, have chats with people so that you have your first list of prospects and leads before you transition to um, full-time entrepreneurship. So those would be the top two pieces of advice that I would um, give to anyone who's listening.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, definitely. Thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you to the listeners and the watchers. Um, If you like the video, definitely click subscribe and check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, on LinkedIn and Instagram. So Miss Daphne, thank you so much for being on the show. And thank you for sharing your wisdom and insight. And we'll keep an eye on what you're doing and seeing as you continue to succeed in your business.
1: Awesome. Thank you for having me. And thank you for all that you're doing for small businesses.
0: And that concludes another episode of the business talk library. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can connect with us on any social media platform, Instagram, at business talk library, LinkedIn, you can follow the business talk library hashtag. You can also connect with us on Facebook and YouTube searching for business talk library. If there's any topics that you would like addressed or any questions you have about your business or your career path that you would like for us to answer on the show, feel free to shoot us a note on any of those platforms and we will try our best to get to them. Remember, keep it simple.